Welcome to Characters Here Podcast. I'm your host, Charday, creator of SLF Entertainment. On this show, I interview talented people as they share their amazing stories. I also share stories of my own, talking about the ups and downs in life and how to stay motivated. You can find me on Instagram at SLF underscore entertainment, Facebook SLF Entertainment, and check out my books on Amazon. So join the community at CharactersHere.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Characters Here Podcast. I'm your host, Sharday, and today's episode is called Get Your Own Business. Now, I had to take it to the notebook and write this down because Milan's interview, which I will be getting to very soon, it inspired this episode to be about owning your own business. So, I titled it Get Your Own Business. There's three, three steps to this. One, get your own business. Two, own your own business and three mind your own business so i'm gonna break it down to you really quickly number one get your own business do what you love or what makes you some extra money you know a lot of us have our nine to fives and that's good but a lot of times our nine to fives don't satisfy us the way as something that we did ourselves that we were really proud of or really love to do to go after that like find your side hustle and get it and like get your own business number two own your own business so once you get your own business you want to own it you really have to take it up a notch get serious about it learn it grow it share with others you know you have to basically like put your whole self into it you're going to own your own business and then three mind your own business so do not pay attention to the naysayers and competition just do you like this is your baby So why are you bothered or worried about what people think who don't know anything about your business, how to run it like you? Why do you care what they think or say about it? So again, get your own business, own your own business, and mind your own business. Now, I'm so glad I wrote this down because I would have been all over the place. So I just really wanted to keep it all together. So get on mind. Get your own mind. Get your own business, own your own business, and mind your own business. So I'm going to get straight into Milan's interview. She has two parts. Her interview is really, really good. This girl is on her way to be a millionaire, okay? She said it right in the interview. I ain't going to give too much away. But go ahead and check her out. Again, you can follow me on Instagram at SLF underscore entertainment. Follow me on Facebook at SLF entertainment. And follow me on Twitter for the podcast at Characters Here. Thank you. She studied public relations and sport management at Bowie State University. A publicist and entrepreneur of multiple businesses, including co-host of Black Girl Boss Podcast, as well as a government employee for USDA. From Southeast Washington, D.C., currently located in Fort Washington, Maryland, and a special guest on Characters Here, 23 years young, Milan Mobley. How are you today? I'm great, and I love how you made the USDA sound so exciting. <laughs> you, and me actually you actually made me want to work there. Huh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So what was your childhood like? Do you have any memories? Um, I have a lot of memories from my childhood. <laughs> um, I'm living in Southeast D.C. as a youngin, and when I say youngin, meaning, you know, born to about six years old yeah so like five or six um I went to a private went to two private schools I went to Holy Comforter 
and I went, and that's the Catholic school, and then I went to Friendship, at the time, it was Friendship Edison Charter, but now it's Friendship Collegiate. Um, I went to mm-hmm. those two schools, and, you know, I had that private school life where I was getting the best education. Um, my grandmother, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, they were definitely, you know, providing for me, so I had all the toys. You know, I, I definitely had, you know, that, that aspect that all the kids, you know, you, you want as a child. You want those toys, you know, you want a good Christmas and all that great yeah. stuff. So I definitely had that as a young child. And then it got to where I was around six or maybe a little bit older than six. Like y'all are trying to, y'all push my memory right now. Uh, <laughs> um, around that age, things did get a little rough. Mm-hmm. We moved. My mom, I, my dad, and my brother. My brother's four years younger than me. So he was a baby, of course, around that time. Wow. We ended up moving. And I probably moved, Lord, um, I probably moved about seven times. Went to seven different schools, if I can recall. I went to I went to one, two, like four elementary schools, if I can remember. Did I go to four? Maybe it was five. Look, y'all have to bear with me because, <laughs> but I, it was so many. It was so many. One was in Clinton, Maryland, which is not too far from where I live now. Then the other two were in um, Columbia, Maryland. And that's a little ways away from where I live. And then the other ones were in Baltimore, Maryland. So we were constantly moving. Um, Finances got really, really rough. So, you know, things like the, you know, what I grew up with definitely changed. And how old were you? Around that time, that was from probably, I'll say seven. We can give it a good seven. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe, no, how old are you when you're in first grade? Look, now, right? are you six? <laughs> Look, are you six? I think you're six. So probably from around six to my ninth grade year of high school. So that was, you know, a good amount of time because I'm a September baby. So I was always, mm. when I transitioned from middle school to high school, most people were 14. I was still 13, you know, yeah. months shy of 14. So I definitely, um during that time so for a good you know while so probably about seven years I was going through that type of lifestyle where I was always moving like I said finances were different the living situation was definitely definitely different from when I was younger um but I was just always grateful for what I had you know nonetheless and it came to a point where I was fighting all the time Mm. Getting put out of school in school suspension, and anybody that knows in school suspension, that's like being in prison. Yes, <laughs> you are sitting in one spot all day long. You can almost not go to the bathroom because you're you're asking permission. They're like, no, you can't go to the bathroom. You're like, okay, you know, you have to sit in that same spot eating lunch, and that's like an all day thing. So I was always in in school suspension. It got to the point where my principal told me that in school suspension for you is fun. What? So she sent me home. So then I was getting sent home on, you know, our school suspension so much. So she's like, well, clearly you're liking this a little bit too much too. So then she put me in, in school by myself. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, so now I'm not So, you know, I, yeah, that was like, if you, if you can hear it, it was definitely a transition of life. Yes, yes. From being a very young child who was, you know, bubbly, had everything, was just enjoying life to you get that breaking point where finances are different. Mm-hmm. Your living situation is definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, uh, and I'll openly tell anybody this, I didn't have my own bed until I was 14. And, you know, I could, like, really relate to you, especially when you were saying how you went to so many schools. I've transferred so many times. It got to a point where I went to one school and knew pretty much everybody. (laughs) But how were you able to get to a point where you kind of like, 
noticed that you needed to make a change or something happened, someone said something to you, an adult maybe, or a mentor that kind of got you on the right path? Nobody said anything to me, actually, um, which is so surprising. It was more of a reality check for myself. I wasn't happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. Many people don't know how to confront their depression or not being happy. You know, they just yes. continue to do the same antics and some of those switch to suicide or, you know, even, you know, or going to jail, killing mm-hmm. someone, you know, all those things factor in. Right. But for me, my mm-hmm. was just like, I'm not happy and I don't want to feel like this. I didn't like feeling like that. So yeah. I knew that I had to figure out something. So my aunt and my uncle, who I used to live with when I was younger, younger, when we lived in D.C. and everything was my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my aunt, my uncle. So we had a full house. But in D.C., you know, it's a lot of houses. We had a lot of rooms in D.C. So it, was, it wasn't like we lived, you know, on top of each other. We had actually a nice size right. house in D.C. So um, my aunt was like, you know, she can't keep going through that. And if she wants to leave from Baltimore, let her leave. And my mom, of course, being a mom, like, no, that's my baby. I don't want her to go. And you know, it, everybody can serve realization. She's going to keep going downhill if she doesn't leave that area. She's not happy. So I came back this direction, which I live now in Fort Washington with my aunt and uncle, and everything changed. I started playing basketball again. I joined other sports that I never even probably would have thought about joining, and that was volleyball, softball, and track. Um, I was taking honors and AP classes. Just really back on track to what I, how I used to be before the end of middle school, early high school. And so once that happened, I was great. <laughs> So at that point, was it that the was it the move that helped you, or was did finances get better? Uh, finances were definitely better, but it was more so the move in the environment. Got it. Definitely more so the move in the environment. I was able to have my own room. Um, my aunt and uncle were always just like, I was like, I want to play basketball. My aunt like, okay. I'm like, I want to play softball. She's like, okay. I want to do volleyball. <laughs> okay. It was never like you can't. You know, it was like yes. no, no, not you can't. You know, I felt like. Prior to, I was very limited in the things I wanted to do. And I'm not mm-hmm. one that likes to sit still. I've always been very much on the go, a busybody. So mm-hmm. I really was confined at one point in time where I wasn't able to do things. And if I did want to do it, it was like, oh, you can't do it mm-hmm. for X amount of, you know, X amount of Z reasons. So now that I am here, my aunt and uncle are like, no, do this. Go ahead and do that. You know, if you want to do it, that's fine. So it's to the point where I would go to practice, wouldn't get home until 7. I'd be up until like 11, 12 doing homework, go to sleep, wake up, go to school. So that was my routine, but I was so happy. Yes. Okay. And I was so, so happy. What took you to go to college? Um, I'm a first-generation college student. So that's the that's the first thing. That's the biggest thing, mm-hmm. just making that yeah. difference, making that change, because I want kids one day. Right. <laughs> I, want, I want kids one day, and I want to provide them with that to say, you know, I went to college, you know, go to college, because if you have people telling you to go to college, and nine times out of ten, most kids that are hearing it from people who didn't go to college, they're like, well, why? You didn't go to college. You got this house. Exactly. You got this. You have that. They're not seeing why you mm-hmm. should go. Right. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to learn more. I wanted different experiences. I wanted my life to definitely look different than what my family did. I knew somebody had to be that breaking point. Somebody had to be that change. So I was like, I want to go to school. Like, that's all I kept saying. I want to go to school. But from a young age, I did say I wanted to be a lawyer. So I knew I had to oh, go to school yeah. to be a lawyer. <laughs> yes. So like, okay, so that seed was planted. And how did you choose your major? Um... Funny thing is, if anybody knows me from already listening to this, or you're just now learning me, you would know that I did not go to school to be a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, none of that. So that's the funniest part of this story. 
Um, I entered undergrad as a psychology major. I took an AP psychology class my senior year, and I'm just so in love with schizophrenia, um, your cerebellum, the hippocampus, and for those that don't know, those are pieces of your brain. Um, you know, I was in love with all that, your short-term memory, long-term, how long it takes for short, short-term memory to kick in, your long-term memory, how when learning things in a repetitive order, it sticks into your long, it was like all that stuff was just like so exciting. Yes. I like to know about it and hear about it, but I didn't really think through, like fully through and thoroughly on how a psychologist and psychiatrist actually make a living. Oh no! <laughs> like you actually have to listen to people and, and give them yeah. advice and so and you know diagnose them with these things. I'm like I cannot do that because I am very sensitive in a sense, and I will wear the weight of the world on my shoulders. I will wear it on my shoulders, and I'm like I cannot do that. And that's cannot do that. So I um I went like I said, psychology major. I switched over to communications as soon as I got there. I went to Bethune Cookman University my freshman year. And that's in Daytona Beach, Florida. It's a historically black college university. I went there. Um, like I said, I switched over to communications immediately. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. So they had this thing called professional seminar. So professional seminar was basically the whole communications department. We would meet in there every Friday and it would be something different every week. And it was a credit. You would get points for it. You would have to dress up for it and everything. That sounds really like helpful. <laughs> Right, hence professional, you know, mm-hmm. and if you, trust me, if you were not dressed professional, you were not getting in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if your skirt, listen, okay, if your skirt was above the knees, you were not getting in. Oh, wow. They were like. So it really was a reality check for a lot of people, but I had been working since I was 13. Mm-hmm. That helps. And when I say 13, when I came to my aunt and uncle in the summer, um, no, was I 13? I was 14. I lied. I'm so sorry for that lie. <laughs> like, I was definitely 14 because, again, my birthday's in September, so I was 14, transitioning to 15 because I came out back home when I was in 10th grade, well, going into 10th grade. And I was working with my aunt at a re- her rehabilitation center that she owned with another um, gentleman. Mm-hmm. I was working there as her assistant and, quote, unquote, their receptionist. Okay. Get in where you fit in. You know, so that was my first real job. Then yeah. after that, that next summer I was able to um get into the government. So I started the government at fifteen as a student intern through a program and if we did get paid, we got paid good money too. I was getting like nine hundred dollars a week. Okay. You know, <laughs> in that sense. So I was getting good money as a yeah. as an intern. Um after that, I started working at Popeye's. I was on Popeye's and the government during the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, undergrad, I was working the government and Victoria's Secret. I was working Victoria's Secret through the school year, the summertime, you know, during the seasons. And I was working the government only in the summer. So I've always had two jobs. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> like, listening to this right now, I'm like blown away. And I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> always had two jobs. And again, I was playing summer league basketball and volleyball, too. Wow. During oh most of this, so I would leave from the government and go to Popeyes, or if on the weekends I would go to early morning practice and then go to Popeyes in the evening. So that was like always, you know, I was on a consistent go, just going, just always going. So I was already prepared for professional seminars. So that was nothing to me. Okay, <laughs> you had this in the bag. <laughs> had it in the bag. So, so then, did this lead to your entrepreneurship? Yeah. So okay. with the whole professional seminar journey they would separate us by the department so I'm like okay you know I could definitely do journalism 
mm-hmm. I like to write. I like to tell stories. I, I love doing that. I can do that. So yeah. they said, okay, broadcast journalism may just come over here. I did not know the difference between regular journalism and broadcast <laughs> at the time. Yeah. All I heard was journalism, honey, and I was over there. <laughs> Okay. Oh, journalism, I'm here. So <laughs> I went over there and the director is like, okay, everybody give me your 30-second elevator speech. It's basically saying, this is that third, go. And he looks at me. Yeah. And I'm like, me? He's like, yes, you. I'm like, oh, hello, everyone. I'm Alon Mobley. And I'm just giving it. I'm First of all, I'm introverted as ever. <laughs> yes. But for me to be put on the spot and actually talk like that, I surprised myself. Oh, come through then. <laughs> I'm like, did I just say that after I finished? I'm like, did I just but I think it was like being put on the spot and nervous. I didn't want to look bad. Oh yeah, the pressure. The pressure, okay? Mm-hmm. Applying pressure for real. Yes, yes, ma'am. So they so I did that. So after everybody gave theirs, he's like, I only remember Milan and John. And I remember his name because it was right next to mine. So like, <laughs> Milan and John. Like, they are the only two that stood out to me. So Milan, you're gonna be on FM radio and John, you're gonna be on AM. So anybody who listens to the radio, you know AM is the one that you click off of. Yes, like real fast. <laughs> no shade to John if you're listening. I'm so sorry if you ever listen to this. I am not throwing shots at you. I'm just saying though. Yes, like I'm sorry. Like when it when we were traveling the car going from state to state, when all we could get was AM, we was like, just turn the radio off. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's right. You know, you just like okay, just turn it off. You know, whatever. Yes. Just skip it. So when they said FM radio, they was like, yeah, you're going to be on here with such and such. He was older. He was a junior at the time, so he'd been on there for some time. You're going to be working with him. So at my time with the radio at the school, I did voiceovers. I was making my own tracks with music and doing different things and just really finding my radio personality. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what they loved about me was I had this very soft, central, after-hours voice. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. That I would put on. So... Mm -hmm. For the Greek Step Show, this is <laughs> the outfits, and it's so funny because this was my first voice over the outfits, and I'm an AKA, right? Yes. And I wasn't Greek at the time, so this is so <laughs> funny now that I think about how all this plays in. I do a voice over for the outfits, and they want me to do a laugh. Oh my goodness! Uh, you need a giggle. That's all you right. want. And they're like, "Yeah." So it was Trey Song saying, "You ready?" And then like the door closes, but before the door closes, this girl giggles. Oh my goodness. So I had to do this infamous <laughs> giggle before the door closes. Oh it was like, God. you ready? And it was like, <laughs> and the door closes. <laughs> you did that. Did that. Yes. So after that, I'm like, yes, I want to do this all the time. This is so much fun. Yeah. So they started teaching me about the 360. That's a instrument, not really an instrument, but a technology tool in the radio station and they were teaching okay. me all those things so I'm like okay this is cool but it's competitive I'm not saying I don't mind competition but to be mm-hmm. on a radio and a personality you have to be damn good a lot of respect to radio because think about how many radio stations are in the world and how many people are actually on the radio right this is really it's very like intimidating it's very intimidating and it's very limited. So I'm like, this is cool and everything so mm-hmm. at this point in time I have taken Bethune Cookin by storm I'm on a radio station. I'm the lead of the lead lead of the Wildcat League program. It was a freshman program, and basically we were like mentors for our peers. Yeah. Um, I was that. I was in residence hall association. I was a campus queen. Um, yeah. it was just like I was just doing so much, and I was yeah. only a freshman. And at this point, I wasn't even worried about my freshman class. Even though I had friends in the freshman class, I was hanging with the upperclassmen. Okay. Right? <laughs> I was the network. I got cool with the RAs and 
but the cookman had a curfew at the time, so I had to make sure I was cool with the RA. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was cool with the RA. Um, so one of the RAs came over to me one day, and she's like, "Hey, you're, you know, like you're a busybody. Do you, have you thought about SGA?" I'm like, "No, not really." So she's mm-hmm. like, "All right, come on. I want you to meet the freshman class president. So I meet the freshman class president, and keep this in mind. I know people probably like at this point, what." month is this a school (laughs) we're only in september oh my gosh you just got there (laughs) we're only in september and i got there like august before august 14th wow because we come early so Mm -hmm. this is only the sec this is only september homecoming isn't even here yet oh right so they introduced me to the freshman class president he's like i need a public relations coordinator whoa i'm like okay i can do that yes Girl, I don't know what public relations was or is. I'm like, what is this? So I'm like, okay, I got this. I no, I had to go in my room, honey, oh my and goodness. YouTube and Google <laughs> and research. Yes. So I go research all of this and I come back to him. I'm like, okay, yeah, so what are we doing? You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm the boss now. Mm-hmm. I know PR. I'm ready. So he's like, okay, well, we need something. We need something on behalf of the freshman class for homecoming. And I'm thinking about doing a partnership with Bethune. Uh, grill yes and that was one of the restaurants down the street so i go over there well before i went over there i went and i developed a partnership sponsorship package i went over there pitched it to the manager or the owner and he was all for it and we ended up working out a deal where we would get something free during homecoming for our students because our students invested so much of their money into their business oh that was nice and after that that was just like a homecoming thing. I don't know if they're still doing it or what happened after that, after, you know, my my year there. But that was definitely beneficial. It was something that we all benefited from because we literally probably spent five out of seven days there. With the, would that be called like an internship or that was just a school um, organization? That was just a school organization, SGA. So, um, yeah, that was just that, that year. You know, you serve a, a term as whatever position you're in at that time and then you just move on with your life after that but that was my term with SGA there and once I finished I went to Bowie and when I came to Bowie I'm like I want to be a sport management major because I still want sports in my life mm-hmm. but I love PR now oh, like I found that newfound love for that and I'm like that's what I want to do so I put those as my majors when I got to Bowie okay. I became street team director for SGA junior class president SGA president second vice president of the National Council of Negro Women i joined Alpha Cap Officer Warden Incorporated. Mm. I was the vice president of communications for the sports management club, public relations coordinator for the student alumni association, a resident assistant. And you started out the gate as a freshman and you're doing all these things. I know a big thing that they talked about when I was a freshman was time management. How did you manage <laughs> <your> time? <laughs> I'm still asking myself. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. It was it was hard, but it was easy. I'm the type of person that has to be busy in order for it to make sense. I had 18 credit hours every semester. It was just, I'm just, like I said, I've always been busy. Uh, it just, if I'm not busy, I feel like my time is being wasted. I see. So just picking up things and just knowing, like, I know when I had meetings. I know I had meetings probably every day of the week, but I knew what time. So after it, I'm staying up and I'm doing my homework, but I made sure I had later classes. I see. Okay. And and go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I probably had like three classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then two classes on a Tuesday and Thursday. And if I did have a classes on Tuesday and Thursday, there were two. I would try to make them in the morning time, so I'd be done by twelve. Mmm, smart. So you were, you were strategic about it at the same time. 
Yes, I'm very. That's one thing I am very strategic and very logical. Got it. Okay. And I noticed sometimes too when um well when I was in school, <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, dang, how long ago was I in school? <laughs> <laughs> when I was in school, like we had like these um it was called the Figs group, the freshman interest group, and they would put you with a group of uh, students that you all had the same classes pretty much. And I noticed that. Doing that for me because I am an introvert was better than having to, you know, try to make friends on my own. Absolutely. <laughs> what kind of advice could you give to, you know, people about to be freshmen in college to try to, like, get out there before they actually, you know, start their classes? Um, I'm not sure. I know every school is so different with starting classes. Like, Bethune, we were there mm-hmm. two weeks prior to even starting school. That is true. So it gave you enough social growth time. Um. I know for Bowie, we were there probably like two or three days before everybody else moved in. Then I think we had like that weekend and then you start class on that Monday. Okay. So it's kind of like, it really depends on your school. But I think everybody does have a, a good two or three days before they actually start classes. But don't be confined in your room. I will, when I would come back to school, boy, I would spend that whole first day setting up my whole room to the point where everything was set up and I did not have to worry about setting up no more. Oh, legit. And that was like a six-hour process. You got straight to it. <laughs> got straight to it because I didn't want to waste no time being stuck in my room trying to unpack or coming in and I'm bumping in the boxes. I'm home now, and, you know, I love Bowie to death. Like, Bowie, I love Bowie to death. Like, I get emotional talking about Bowie sometimes. That was a great, great school for you. It was a great school. You know what I like about universities and colleges is that it really is an experience. It's like it actually helps you make that smooth transition from childhood to adulthood, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It definitely does. It puts you, it doesn't, it, it pushes you. Yeah, it pushes you out there. It pushes it's you. like, there's the ledge, and now you're off of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Either you're going to learn how to flap your wings and fly, or you're just going to hit smack down. Yes, responsibility 101. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, like I said, I get very emotional talking about booty, only because I felt like I put so much in there, and mm-hmm. I got so much back. And not even just saying, like, when I got so much back, but just from, you know, my, my sorority, my having my line sisters, mm-hmm. um, being in an organization with different people. I, the ugh, Look, I'm getting emotional now. Uh, having a student body believe so much in myself and my vice president to be in those positions, you know, those are emotional things. Like, to, to know that people trust in you to say, you know what, I'm going to let you make these decisions for me. I trust that you have so much, you know, better judgment that, you know, that's a great feeling to know that you always come back and people know you. Right. And they know oh that you, goodness. not even know you like, oh, you was this, that, and the third, but know how much you put into an institution. And you built your credentials there, too. Absolutely. And I don't want them to say, oh, yeah, you was actually president, this, that, and the third. This, this, this. No, I want you to say thank you for... Or just, I know you because my SGA present is allowed, is, you know, can do this for me now. Right, yes. So, were you able to, like, um, create any, like, rules or just any type of social events that weren't already in the organization? Yes, absolutely. I just found out they're actually doing one of the things that we were pushing when I was there. And a lot of people don't realize when you're in uh, SGA president position or any position on campus a lot of those things don't come into play until after you're gone oh wow did not know that so it's like, yeah because you have to continue to fight because not everything is going to be like administration and when i say administration the 
executive board, as far as the president, the provost, mm-hmm. and all of them, they're not going to just be like, yes, to everything you have to say. That's true. So, <laughs> they so have true. a homecoming committee now, and we have pushed for the homecoming committee, and it was basically saying, like, our campus activities board would not be responsible solely for planning homecoming. Develop a committee of students who want to do this, who are, you know, have that drive and have that eye to do that. Let them do that. And our homecoming committee wasn't even a campus activities board. It was a bunch of adults, SJ president, vice president, treasurer, and CAD president. So it really wasn't, if you want to be honest, the percentage of that was not full of students. It was more adults than it was students. So now that they have it where I think it is more student-based. So that's what we were really pushing for. So now it is like that. I think they finally did it last year, which was great to know because that was two SJ presidents after me. Wow. Okay, and when did you graduate? 2015. 2015. Alumni. Yes. What was your first business? I knew I wanted to start a business when I was a sophomore sitting in my sports management class listening to having a sports agency. (laughs) I knew that I wanted to have a a form of a business, um, a form of a business. And I said, okay, when I turn 25, I'm going to start it. I'll be done with graduate school at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be at the, the peak of my life. I'll be in my quarter year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that slowly died once I applied to jobs. So I'm like, I'm not staying at the government. I just knew that. No. <laughs> um, I started applying to jobs in my field immediately senior year. As soon as I started senior year, I was applying for jobs. Um, I applied uh-huh. to probably over 100 jobs. I heard mm-hmm. back from a few saying I wasn't qualified enough, and the rest of them I didn't hear back from. Okay. Yes, that's the story I got, too. <laughs> you know, story of everybody's life nowadays. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. shares the same story, but the thing is not everybody shares the same direction or the same mindset of where they go after that. Exactly. And what did you do after that? I started my company. Good. <laughs> I graduated May 2015, and I started my company July 2015. I was 21 years old when I started. And what was the support like for you, family and friends? Um... <laughs> it's not to be funny when I say this, but with my family, they already know you can't tell Milan that she can't do something because if you say she can't, she's still going to do it anyway. Yes. <laughs> my mom said, no, you can't go out of state to school. What did I do? Mm, I went out of state to school. <laughs> my mom said, oh, no, you can't get a tattoo. What'd you do? <laughs> I have seven tattoos. <laughs> it's only so much you can tell me. Now, if you do say something like, oh, I don't think that's the best idea, and I evaluate it for myself, mm-hmm. and I can understand it, then yes. we may be on the same page. But okay, that, this show is going to go. Yes. <laughs> that's a so, great way to be like that. Yes, it was, it's never been like, oh, no, don't do that. Nope, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm the risk taker. I mean, of course, you know, people will tell you, well, I'm just telling you because of personal experience. I got to find, I'm the one that's going to find out for herself. Exactly. You got to live your own life. I'm the kid that you say that the stove is hot. Don't touch it. I'm going to touch it. <laughs> you touch it. I won't know it's hot unless I touch it. Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't believe you. Ah, my hand burned. It was hot. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> You know, so that's just how it was. But everybody was very supportive. People were very excited. I called my NCNW sister the night that I started planning. And I mm. built this company in five days and six hours of sleep. Wow. I called her. And what's hmm? what's the name of your company? You Management. The letter U and then Management Public Relations. And that how did is... you, like, you said it took five days. Did you go through any, you know, like, hangups, like, uh, doubts? Absolutely. I was, I was so doubtful because I 
like, wait a minute, don't I have to have a business structure or something? <laughs> don't I have to have some type of something for it to operate under? Because again, being in the sorority, I know it's Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Mm-hmm, yes. Business structure. Um, yes. Like, but don't I have to have? So I called my sorority sister, who's my profile, and she was a business major, and I. She's like, well, what is your organized? What's the um. Organize the what you say the structure of your company, she said. And mm-hmm. I said, What do you mean? She's like, It's the corporation. I said, Okay, I knew I knew something was missing. She's like, It's the corporation. Is it an LLC? And I'm like, What's better? And she said, Well, a lot of people start off with limited liability companies because it's limited liability on you if anything's to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I looked into it, and she was like, do you plan on having employees and stuff? And then I realized if you do have employees with limited liability, you know, your the taxes is different. So many things that's different. If you decide that. So I said, okay. It's so much with it. Yeah, so much with it. So then I said, okay. So then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. How do I file this? Mm-hmm. So come, so my first client, before I was even an official LLC, came off Twitter in those five days. I put an ad out. I'm like, I have my own business. It's youth management. And da 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 I'm just like putting it out there. And uh, this guy, he just like, yeah, I need a publicist. So i like, okay, we can meet. So I, we met at his house and we go through everything that he needed. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I definitely can do that because mm-hmm. I need a website design. And mind you, at this point, I had already had my website done. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, no, I can do that on what I did my website with. So he's like, okay, cool. So then he's like, yeah, I'm in the process of regist- registering my company. Oh, I my said, goodness. oh, really? How are you doing that? <laughs> So he tells me, and I'm like, okay, great. Went home. It was a weekend, and if you're filing online, um, you can't do it until, of course, the business day mm-hmm. yeah. because somebody has to be in the office to check it. Right. So I waited till that Monday so anxiously and everything because <laughs> I started on that Friday, like I said. So I was just anxious, waiting, registered as the LLC. They came back in about an hour or so saying that it was confirmed and it was approved, and that was the official start of you Management Public Relations LLC. That is, like, such a really inspiring story. Because a lot of times you get people who, and then too, it's your personality, I think plays a big part of it too. A lot of people will listen to other people when they tell them that they can't do something and it kind of puts their dreams on hold. So what advice could you give people that are in that situation or close to it? The biggest advice that I would give when it comes down to starting your own business and entrepreneurship and just, just getting out there is one, jump. Take that leap of faith. You have to take it. If you don't take it, you're going to dwell on it too long. And then you're going to become a entrepreneur. You're going to have this idea for months and months and months, and nothing is ever going to grow from it. Then after that, once you do take that leap, you have to be consistent and persistent. Mm-hmm. Consistent and persistent. Yes, you right. have to be kicking your own self in the butt the whole time, making yourself yes. get up in the morning time, wake up early, making sure this is done. You know, you have to really have that go get it and grind mode. Yes. If you don't have that and you feel even an ounce of it of laziness or, you know, you're second guessing yourself oh too often, it's not for you. Because entrepreneurship is a constant grind, a constantness of being consistent and persistent. Mm-hmm. It's, that's all you do all the time. So if the beginning stages are like that, it's not for you. Or you may need to just literally take a step back, go visit a business coach. And I do suggest getting business coaches. Business coaches definitely help. I didn't have one, but if I know what I know now, I would definitely have invested in one back then. But I mean, I'm already almost two years in, so <laughs> I can always seek somebody for advice, but there's no point in having a whole coach. Um, I, I, I do know people that are in business and, you know, full-time entrepreneurs that I can always lean on and, you know, talk to. But for those yeah. who don't find it, you know, find those resources. They're out there. Mm-hmm. You're not limited. You're only limited when you limit yourself. 
so true. It's that self-talk that we have with ourselves. Yes, and you have to have that self-talk sometimes. So definitely, that's like the biggest and best advice that I can I can definitely give because without that, the consistent, persistent, and grind mode, you're not mm-hmm. going anywhere. So true. You're going to see the <laughs> idea for the longest time. And how many businesses do you have? So I have you management. That's one. I have the Women's Entrepreneurs Brunch. That's two. And then I'm the co-owner and co-host of the Black Girl Boss Podcast. That's three. And at this time, are you still working full time? Yes. So how are you juggling all that? <laughs> it's very hard. Um, working eight hours out of a day and then having to come home and deal with your business is definitely challenging. You just have to, and we actually talked about this on the Back Row Bosses podcast today, you have to find those self-care days for yourself so you don't feel mm-hmm. burnt out and you don't feel, you know, overwhelmed. I have a planner, and then I have days when I work on certain things. Okay. So, so one day it'll be strictly for entrepreneur brunch, so I'll be, you know, branding and planning. You know, sometimes I may just pick one day for the entrepreneur's brunch where all I do is branding. I see. I won't plan anything. I'll just brand, you know, figure out marketing strategies and tools and different things. So that'll be that type of day. The you management, my clients, I'll set up their different days because I have to dedicate a certain amount of hours a week to them. Mm, okay. You know, doing the PR work. So like tonight, once we finish with our call, um, well, our interview and everything, I'll mm-hmm. start pitching. Sundays are for pitching. I like to say that. Sundays are for pitching. So I'll be emailing, you know, magazines, bloggers, different things. So Monday morning, they'll be on their desk. But I won't do that probably until 2 o'clock in the morning when everybody else is sleeping. So my email is the first email that they see in the morning. So that's the type of, you know, strategies I've come up with just to kind of balance it. And then Mondays are my off days from the government, too. So I can stay up a little bit later. Nice. Okay. So you use that. Is it that you work around your schedule at your full-time job? Um, Mondays are just my day off just because, because okay. <laughs> just because that's what they gave me the Monday off. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, they just gave me my day off. So I do, I do a lot, you know, time on that day for you management where I do take, um, discovery calls or business meetings or in, in-person meetings. So that's my day that I actually do that. And so how do you, um, like schedule family time? Or hanging with your friends. Um, <laughs> so funny, because I don't think I do. Um, I don't even remember the last time I was with my friends. Oh, no. <laughs> but they, my friends are so understanding. They're like, listen, we know that you be having a lot going on. But I don't miss birthdays. If I do miss birthdays, uh, it means that something I really couldn't make it. Like, I probably, like, I missed one of my best friend's birthday. She had a, uh, um... It was like a game night at her house. Aww. And But I had to be on a phone call, and I had to do the podcast. Mm, that was, okay. like, the only time I really, you know, had to separate myself. Then my other best, my best friend, she went to New Orleans for her birthday, but I couldn't because, one, it was short notice on everything, and I knew I had to pay for stuff, and it was, like, a lot going on, <laughs> so that was, like, the other time. But I did attend her birthday brunch that we had for her. Oh, sweet. You know, so I do, like, things like that. So I do make time for, like, important occasions. But if we just, like, go to the movies or we just going out, I'm like, ah, no. Yes. <laughs> just a no. <laughs> but um, family time, that's kind of different. My family's not really one to be together on holidays or all the time together. So I'll have to drive and go see my mom and them or drive here to see such and such because we're not going to be together. Okay. <laughs> one of those things that's not happening. And then my boyfriend, he lives four hours away from me oh wow so he lives four hours away from me so we we dedicate a lot of time to each other so we'll be on the phone like after a certain time like <laughs> right now you have my time at eight o'clock 
he it's him all night. Okay. <laughs> Good. Eight o'clock in the it's him right, it's him all night. From eight until the morning, then you know, we wake up, we start our mornings with each other, you call, you know, call or a text and then I know he's at work throughout the day, so we may may or may not talk to call me on his lunch break. Um he's dealing with customers and clients all day long. So I really don't call because I don't know at what point he's you know, really wrapped up. He knows mm-hmm. for me, I'm sitting at a desk, so I'm right. not hoping he can answer. So mm-hmm. he'll call me on his breaks and stuff, and we'll chit chat, and then he'll get off work, and or I'll get off, and we'll call each other. We'll send a text first, and then after that, that's how it is. But or if I just have calls up until the evening time, he just know at eight o'clock, it's all <laughs> done. So yes, <laughs> that's it for the calls. Like yeah, we we definitely maintain that, and then we see each other either once a month or twice a month. And that's really good that you have that. A commitment. It's not like you saying, "Oh, I'm busy, busy all the time." It's and then they also understand at the same time, so that's really good too. Yes, definitely, and that's definitely he's definitely my piece inside of this crazy life that I have. Oh, that's a plus. <laughs> I call him and I'm like, "Babe, let me tell you." And he like, "Okay, well, you want to get it done?" He like, "You superwoman, you will get it done." He like, "I know you can get it done." Oh, that's lovely. You were coming with an idea, and I just know you. You just you 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 upset right now, but you come with something. So then it probably be like out later. I like, I figured it out, and he like y'all don't know why. He's like that's why I wasn't even tripping because I know you had it. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, hang on, okay, and I'm gonna need an invitation to the wedding. This is okay. I, it's coming. From what he like, okay. if you let him tell it, he like just just tell people it's coming soon. It's coming soon. Okay. <laughs> Good. We gotta have that black love. Yes. And then and it's the HBCU love. We both graduated from HBCUs. Come on. Okay, I need to see all that the wedding. That's, is that what's the thing? Okay, I'm going too far. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but he <laughs> I will say he does want blue incorporated. So we did we do plan on incorporating blue. Nice. Okay. So you do know that much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Get into your um podcast. What sparked that idea? Well, actually, it was my co-host idea. She presented it to me, and she was just like, you know, I love everything that you're doing. I feel like we, you know, we kind of run in the same circle. We kind of do the same things, and this is the idea of the podcast. You know, I want to inspire black women, and you had the brunch, and, you know, I know that you're really big on that, too, with all the ideas that you come up with for women, and I think we'd be perfect. And I'm like, yes, I would love that. You know, we got together, and... Since January to now, well, we started planning, of course, before January, but when it launched mm-hmm. in January to now, we have over 50,000 listeners. Great. That is so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so it was, like I said, it wasn't really my idea. It was definitely hers. And okay. I wasn't really familiar with podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, let me look into the podcast life. So I realized podcasts are right. definitely the movement now. <laughs> it's it's a, definitely an audience out there that I didn't even know existed before. <laughs> yes, definitely. So that's literally how it got started. And we are, like I said, we are what six months in now. Well, seven. It's the seventh month. We're seven months in. Oh, so we have this year is gone. It's gone. <laughs> We're in the third quarter, right? Like. Yes. <sighs> and speaking of time, where do you see yourself one year from now? One year, I one year from now, I will be pushing. I said I want. To, I did not say I want. I said I'm going to have a million dollars by twenty five. Come on, we share we sharing dreams over here. Yes, I said I'm going to have a million dollars by twenty five. So a year yes. from now, I should be pushing right there at that million dollar mark because twenty five is in September of twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. and this is July. So yes, I should yes. be pushing. I will be pushing. You will. Yeah, I will be pushing. Yes. A meal. Um, and that's just having my business a different, you know, capitalizing on 
different businesses in my company and doing different mm-hmm. partnerships, you know, not just solely on one business. I don't want people to think right. I plan on making a million dollars. <laughs> no, because yes. they say a mil- well, entrepreneurs and millionaires have seven sources of income. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. You have to have but multiple. I plan on having full, yes, multiple. I plan on having full seven sources of income by that time of next year. Um, yeah, so that's where it looks like business-wise, personal-wise. Um, I'm moving to Atlanta in December. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So I'll be in Atlanta in December. My last day at the government is August 26th. What? I have to clap for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's be August 26th. So, yeah, as you can see, next year will definitely be a full transition. I'll be transitioning into that life fully. Oh, that's beautiful. Of entrepreneurship. Did you see this all happening when you were younger? Girl, no. <laughs> Ain't it amazing? <laughs> my grandma, my grandma always says, and one day when I get big enough and people want to interview people in my family, she's going to probably be the one to say, the little girl that I knew, I never thought she'd be today. Wow. She was so quiet. She was very to herself. I, I, she says all the time, she says, I never would think that. Oh my goodness! That's she's like, I'm so amazed at you. Every time I look at you, because I would never have thought this four pound, fourteen ounce baby <laughs> that was born. Oh my goodness! Would be you where know, she be. is today. Exactly. She said, "You know, I knew you were going to be great, but I didn't think that you would be like, no, I'm doing my own thing to be mm-hmm. great." Yes, and that's really where it's at too. That's why I had to reach out to you because I was like, "Wait a minute, she, she got businesses." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I gotta get her. I gotta get her on. <laughs> yes, it's it's, and I never, like I said, I never thought it either. I mm-hmm. never would have thought that I would, you know. I told y'all I was gonna be a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna be somebody's lawyer. I didn't think right. about having even an own practice. I was just gonna be in the USDA law, look, right. agricultural <laughs> lawyer <laughs> or something. I don't know, but it was definitely not this. And. I always say, and I'm like, you know, I thank God every day and every chance that I get. Like, I was in the shower the other day, and I, and I, like I said, I'm very transparent. I was in the shower, and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, God, I just, I just thank you for all of this. And I don't even remember what happened. I think it's because I just got in the house, and I was so excited, and I just was like, I think the fact that I was so excited about business and just writing stuff down that I wanted to do with the company made me so excited i'm like god i just thank you for even uh, enabling me to have a mind that worked yeah like this okay. to even do that not even for what's in front of me but just giving me the inside of me right to do this. not even the tangible things that i can touch for the fact that i you know i had this company thank you for my mind right mind and being able you know, and being able, because a lot of people don't have that mind or are able to do those things, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, and thank you for my family. We have our ups and downs, but, you mm-hmm. know, thank you for them. Because even though we did have our downs, those made those ups. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. In my life, and, you know, like, thank you for my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm just okay. like, you know, I've been through relationships <laughs> that were very hard, and I'm just like, I'm never getting a boyfriend. <laughs> I get it, I'm going to be uh, Mary Jane delivers from Eva. <laughs> Taraji and think like a man <laughs> in my 40s before that happens you know so oh, no. I, was just, I just had that moment I'm just like wow because it's like I said I never thought <laughs> right exactly is that such a beautiful thing your story is very inspiring because I wouldn't have just from what I see and hear and I know you're a great person just from what I've seen and then listening to you now I would have never thought you are the same person that you talked about in the beginning so I just really thank you 
Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I am very open. Like I said, I tell people these stories all the time because a lot of people sugarcoat things and make it sound like they're like, yes. so perfect. And I'm like, uh-huh. like stop lying. Just tell right. you. We, we can see right through you. Tell the truth. Please. <laughs> it's not going to hurt nobody. At all, it's not. And I actually wrote an um, Instagram post. If you scroll down my page, it's actually what I was talking about, the entrepreneur and the entrepreneur. It's mm-hmm. a picture, and it says that, and under that, I kind of went through my journey to starting my business under that one post. And I think it probably got like, uh, it got a couple hundred likes. And you know, most of the time, long caption posts don't get a lot of likes. They showed up. <laughs> but I was just like, that's just, I don't care if one person reads it. It's going to make right. somebody feel some type of way and get somebody a type of push. And it got 227 yeah. likes and 34 comments. And I think now more than ever, it just seems like more people are really starting to get out there and put their businesses out there and just follow their dreams. It's, it's a movement. Absolutely. And I encourage it 100%. Like, if you can do it for yourself, go do it. Don't be Please. somewhere that you're not happy. Follow your dreams no matter mm-hmm. what it is. You may be broke when you do it. Yes. You may eat oodles and noodles for yes. about a week or two when you do it. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing more important than your peace and happiness. Oh, yes. That is so true. People that work at these 9 to 5 jobs and they're not happy... I know we heard stories about people committing suicide, jumping out their office windows because they're not happy. Like, it's so much stuff. And I will never, ever in my life take my life because I'm not happy at a nine to five. I'll be, I'll quit be broke and homeless before I hit that. Okay. Exactly. I just got too much faith in God right. <laughs> to know that this is just, this just temporary. We're going to get over it's this. Not it. And that's why, and the choice it's of me not. leaving the government actually is not even my choice. It's something that happened within the government that I have to leave. But I didn't look at it as, like, something bad. I'm just like, no, that was God saying it's time. Yes, ma'am. It was. It, God will always show you the way to go. No confusion about and it. And I was saying, my my co-host, she was saying that she she left her 9 to 5, like, a few months ago. Probably, like, four months now. And she's like, you know, pray about it. And when it's time, God will show you. Yes, Exactly. And he's always on time. <laughs> he's always on time. And it's so ironic that that happened. And, and, you know, of course, I asked for other options. Like, are there any other options? And the person mm-hmm. was like, nope, that's that's the only option. I'm like, oh, nope. That's your sign. I'm done. <laughs> Goodbye. Good luck. All right. <laughs> Is there a quote you live by, a book you've read, or a person in your life that keeps you going? And this can be more than one answer. Um, A quote that I live by. Do I have a quote? I do have one that I made now that I live by, but it says, well, it says, I say that your greatest grind and hustle comes from being uncomfortable. Mm. You don't realize how hard you grind and how hard you hustle until you are at your most uncomfortable state. And you should always remain uncomfortable because that means that your grind and your hustle will forever be strong. The moment that you become comfortable and complacent is the moment that you lose those things because you're so used to one thing. I love that. Thank you. So that's what I what I came up with and I kind of just tell myself that all the time um a person that I not necessarily look up to in a mm-hmm. sense but as like the way she moves business-wise and the things that she's done definitely mm-hmm. Oprah oh yes <laughs> yes Oprah all day every day on the business every day. not her as a woman of course right I don't really know her but right. as the business mogul that she is as a black woman business mogul yes ma'am Oprah all day. Anytime you own your own <laughs> <laughs> right. television network. 
Oh my goodness, yes. Oprah Winfrey that's Network. Big. Own. Yes. You own oh. that. You know, that's that's big volumes. And then you're still in movies as an actress. Yes, you're exactly. You're still writing books after you've had a talk show host. And then you've enabled your friends that you're close to to have their own talk shows. Yes. And she's like constantly reinventing herself. And I think that's something even even better. It's like after the TV show, she didn't just stop, you know? She didn't stop. And she could have because she had money. She had plenty. <laughs> plenty. And she's like, no, I'm hungry. I'm, and that's what, I, that's what I mean. Like, you know, your greatest grind and your greatest hustle. Oprah never became comfortable. Right, and that's so good. And she, because she that shows will. that. And she shows that every single step of the way. So I think those are, like, the quote and then Oprah would definitely be, like, the two most driving things. And again, like I said, because she's the African-American woman. And if you really pay attention, Oprah doesn't get much mention. She doesn't. She really doesn't. If you really think about it. She doesn't. If she was a man, though, oh. Honey, if she was a man, she would be here, 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 Everywhere. here. <laughs> everywhere but i mean like granted she's been in forbes and she has had her recognition but the way she moves and things that she's constantly doing under the radar yeah. mm-hmm. yep they don't speak yep. on that you have to google it You're yeah like, oh, I, <laughs> she, she really did I didn't know oprah had six books yes. <laughs> well milan i want to wrap up that serious part and get into some fun random questions are you ready okay come on hit me with them Okay, what is one thing you carry with you all the time besides your purse? My keys. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. What do I carry besides my, my purse? Oh, what do I carry? I carry? Oh, no. Okay, so in my car, I have an angel. Mm-hmm. In my car, and it stays in my car. So I carry, clearly I carry that because I have to drop my car. So I carry <laughs> an angel, and then I carry my makeup bag. Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make a bag so those are two things I definitely carry everywhere okay. I'm not, I actually don't I feel weird because I have a loner car right now and my angel's not in there so it's actually oh. really weird for me okay but I didn't snag it out because I don't want to forget it so I left it in there okay. but what I do have is that makeup bag because I need a good lip every now and then okay. or I need my <laughs> my eyebrows I got my eyebrows filled in I need my eyebrow pencil with my eyebrow brush I need that yeah my makeup my makeup kit <laughs> If you had a representation of yourself as far as a dance, what dance would it be? <laughs> the Millie Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness, I just picture it in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's the Millie Rock. That is my go-to dance. I can actually dance, but that's my go-to dance all the time. <laughs> yes, come on. <laughs> what was your first concert? The Take You Down Tour. Mine was too. <laughs> Chris Brown. <laughs> that was my first concert. I love that concert. And I wasn't a big Chris Brown fan, but I love that concert. <laughs> that was my first concert. And then my second concert was the Future and Drake concert, Summer 16. Those are the only two concerts I've ever been to in my life. And what celebrity did you have a crush on in high school? Lil Fizz. Um, <laughs> come on, B2K. Lil Fizz, girl. That was boo, okay? Um, I never had a crush on Bow Wow because he like a little girl before. I didn't either. Even when they had like the little Romeo versus Bow Wow Wars, I was just like, "Mm, I I mean, I can't really pick Jay Woog, B2K, that was me. Yes, Lil Fizz, and then it was Chris Brown. Okay, gotcha. It was Chris Brown for the longest time. I had dreams of getting married, honey. No! Listen, whole dreams, okay? Okay. 
And if you could be any character from any show, cartoon, movie, book, anything, what character would you be and why? Oh, man. Dang. This is a good one. <laughs> um, I mean, they're all really good, but this one is like, I didn't have that one. <laughs> um, who would I be? I would be Tiana from Princess and the Frog. Oh, I was just looking at that. I'd be Tiana. She was so fearless. She did what she wanted. She was an entrepreneur. If anybody mm-hmm. paid attention to the movie, honestly and truly. Right. And she, you know, she loved to cook. She had a restaurant. She had a restaurant. She was an entrepreneur. And she was just and so... She worked hard. She worked hard. And I would definitely mm-hmm. be her because I feel like I do that in real life. So if I had to be the character, I would pick a character just like her. Right. And representation. Hello? She was black. She was black, Hello. honey. New Orleans. <laughs> right? New Orleans. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was... We live, Yes, that Creole culture. She was there. She was. You know, so I would definitely be Tiana. And how can people reach you? You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Mobley, And that's T-H-E-E-M-I-L-A-N-M-O-B-L-E-Y. And on Facebook at Milan Mobley. And you can email me at info at umanagement, the letter U, management, and that's together, PR.com. Yay! <laughs> I'm like a big kid right now. <laughs> <laughs> But I really, really enjoyed this interview. You have, like, enlightened me so much. I always learn from hearing people's stories because I'm a storyteller myself. I like to write. I like to paint. A creative person. Absolutely. I love it. I just really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being such a good interviewer. You are amazing. The way you fill in the questions, go on to the next, it's great. You should definitely look into journalism if you haven't. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a rating and review on iTunes and invite your friends to listen as well. For more information on today's episode, head on over to charactersheer.com and follow me on Twitter at charactersheer. Don't forget to check out my books on Amazon. Until next time, don't be a stranger, be a character. Be a character.